It is now time to experience the buzz. A podcast that takes an inside look at amazing people doing amazing things. Get ready for some great conversation that will be fascinating, educational, and inspiring. We will also leave room to help small businesses in a big way. Now, here's your host, entrepreneur Steve Buzzard. Hello, everyone. It is so great to be with you today. We kick things off, of course, with our news and notes section of the podcast. First of all, I start by giving a big thank you to those of you who reached out to me regarding my podcast released earlier this week, in fact, just a couple of days ago. It was my third solo podcast that took a look at my faith journey. I have to say that once I hit publish, I felt a sense of calm. It was a great feeling, and wherever you are on your journey when it comes to your spiritual life, I honor that and would love to hear from you. So thank you for the encouragement. It also showed me that it is okay to pop in with a solo podcast when the timing is right, and there was no doubt that I felt the timing was right for this one. Good stuff, and one of the many reasons I am loving this new adventure called Experience the Buzz. Also, um, I have had many of you send me a direct message asking how you can support the podcast, which by the way, thank you very much. Uh, As an individual, I have a link on my podcasting page called Buy Me a Coffee. Very simple. All you have to do is click the link and then you can hit $1, $3, $5, or you can put in any amount that you would like. In addition, what I am doing is that once it gets to $1,000, A donation is going to be made to either a local charity or a small business, and I'll announce that once we hit the goal. With that, I want to thank the following people who have bought me a coffee. First coffee was bought with good friend or from good friend Trisha Real. So thank you, Trisha, along with Patrice Deutsch, uh, Rena Fisher, and a couple of my guests on the show, Anya Hall of Little Well Swim School and Kelly Wheeler of Momservations. And also, I want to thank uh, Dave Minky, and I think it's Minky. And Dave, if I got that wrong, please let me know, who took it a step further and became a subscriber where he supports the show monthly. Again, that is Buy Me a Coffee, found on the podcast page of buzzardball.com. And lastly, if you are a local business that would like to become a sponsor on Experience the Buzz, I would love to find a way to make your business shine. As you know, House Real Estate, R5 Stitch and Print, and Pit Boss Jerky are the lead sponsors out of the gates uh, as we get this show going on the ground floor. Pricing and how you want to make your sponsorship look is customizable. So all you have to do is contact me at 916-947-7464. Or you can shoot me an email at scbuzzard at gmail.com. Those are your news and notes. And now let's get ready for episode 22. For 19 years, Scott Moak has been the silky smooth public addressing voice of the Sacramento Kings. Sacramento born and bred knows Moak is living out his childhood dream, and he is loving it. The seed was planted by a teacher, that's right, calling basketball games at John F. Kennedy High School, and this guy called himself the Golden Voice. Right there, you can see the appeal and the twinkle in the eye of Scott Moak. Moak showed hustle. While at UC Davis, he was calling games at JFK. How did he get that job? Well, dad was athletic director. And let's admit it, part of the job is who you know. That was the catalyst for what followed as Moak announced games for American River College 
and was best known for his work as the PA voice of Sac State football. But then in opportunity, the Sacramento Kings did a public tryout for the PA voice. Moat tells the story, and it is so good. It didn't work out in 2000. I'm sorry, that's not supposed to be a spoiler, but I will tell you, two years later, Moak got a call back, and in 2002, when the Kings were still at the top of their game, Moak, who used to sit in Section 213, Row E, was now front and center as the official voice of the Sacramento Kings. Man, I get chills. While Moak is best known for his work with the Kings, this entrepreneur is also the vice president of the Sacramento Republic and also does a weekday show at noon on Fox 40 with good friend Gary Gelfan. I am elated to bring you this talking story. It's episode 22, Scott Moak, the voice of the Kings. Enjoy the conversation. Well, welcome into another episode of Experience the Buzz. My name is Steve Buzzard. I am so glad that you decided to join us today, and I am very excited to bring you the voice of the Sacramento Kings. He's been doing it for 18 plus years, started in 2002. Here he is in 2021, really living the dream. I am talking about (laughs) Scott Moe. Scott, welcome to Experience the Buzz. How are you? Thanks, buddy. I I wondered what that sound was, but now I I thought it was just a random buzzing, but I realized... It's the podcast. It's the buzz. I love it. Couldn't be a better name for a better dude. I give all the credit to my wife. We kind of put it all together, right? And uh, man, I'm just really excited to have you on board. And, you know, for people that don't know you, I mean, you are Sacramento, and that's what I love about it. And that really kind of tailors to what this podcast is all about. It's about entrepreneurs, it's about small businesses with the Sacramento flavor. And so, really, I want to start there because, like, Sacramento, I love Sacramento. I wasn't born here, but I've lived most of my life here. I believe you've been born. You were born and bred in Sacramento, correct? Uh, born and raised in Sacramento. Grew up in South Sac. Uh, went to high school here. You know, grew I, all the way up. Elementary school, junior high, high school. Uh, I went to UC Davis, as you well know, and then yep. and then ran right back here. So I never really, you know, if if the, my nest is like fourteen miles wide, I never really left that. I was I was I just stayed contained in that my entire life. Well, did you ever have a thought like within your lifetime now that to go somewhere else? Was there ever that opportunity to say, I'm going to leave the nest and, and try something new? You know, I what's funny about that, I, I had friends, I remember at Davis that were going, you know, they were they were making plans to travel overseas after they graduated or got a job in Chicago or New York or Miami or other small towns in, across the across the country. And you know what? That just never appealed to me for some reason. Like I can remember that like, wow, like I just I really love my hometown. My whole family was there. My dad was obviously an athletic director at a high school. So I knew I could go back and get involved with sports pretty quickly. Um, I was doing an internship through um, Sutter Community Hospitals at the time. And like, I love that. I started starting to make good inroads and build relationships with people. So I just, I had this calling right back home. And I, you know, I, I probably, there's something undoubtedly that I missed out on uh, abroad, but um, I've always found Sacramento to be just that place that is truly home, feels like home. It's very special to me. And it's why I love it. It's why I love, frankly, the, what you're putting together here, because you're, you're really celebrating Sacramento, which I love when people do that. I have to ask, do you get emotional when you watch Lady Bird? I, I do. do actually. I mean, I get emotional <laughs> with most. I mean, cartoons, 
uh, old episodes of Three's Company. Like I get emotional very, very easy. So, but yes, with Lady Bird, I get two tears, right eye, and uh, because you know that is a that is a gift back, a tribute back to Sacramento. So yes, I, that, that, I, that I do get scene, that That's scene right. at the end, going over the Tower Bridge. Oh, there it is. Yeah, a lot of heart right, right there. So I have to ask you, being the golden tones of the Sacramento Kings. This had to be a dream come true. Was this something, I'm curious as a child, what were you like? What were your dreams and aspirations? You obviously fulfilled the fact that you were able to stay home. But uh, what were you thinking of as a kid as you were growing up? Yeah, well, and you know, my my dad was obviously, a, he was a teacher and a football and baseball coach for pretty much my you know entire existence, right? So I, I spent a lot of time on baseball diamonds. I spent a lot of time on the football field, spent a ton of time in gyms. And, um, I remember even as a younger dude, uh, when he was at the athletic director at Kennedy high school, I was, I was probably 10, 12, somewhere in that range. It was right about the time the Kings got to Sacramento actually, okay. yeah. um, where I'd be, go- I'd go to games with him, basketball games. And I do remember the public address announcer. I mean, I, I know this might sound maybe not to you because I know you also have a special connection to that job that I don't know how many people know about that I'm going to go ahead and re-expose today. But um, there was a guy who did the PA job there at the at um, John F. Kennedy High School. His name is Hassan Hanks. I talk about him all the time. He was a teacher like you at Sutter Middle School. And he called himself the golden voice and he had Kennedy high school was very good in basketball at the time. They were incredible. And that carried through, you know, to the mid nineties where they were phenomenal, but they had a good long run of being very, very good. And this guy somehow like just brought this extra electricity to the gym. And I remember thinking as a 12, 13, 14, 15 year old kid, like I want to, I want to be that dude. Like I want to do that. Like, that's cool. I don't think I ever aspired to it. Like, I didn't write it down as like a goal. Like, oh, one day I want to announce basketball. But like, I knew that was really, really cool. And I knew he was awesome. The fact that he called himself the Golden Voice, like he glossed himself his own nickname. Amazing. Like, right in and of itself. But, I love that. Um, yeah, I, I do know that that, that probably, that, that stayed lodged in there somewhere um, to where, yeah, then fast forward, you know, to to when we did when I tried out and then ultimately got the job it's crazy to think that that little kid was listening to a PA announcer way way back then that is great and you know talking about that job a lot of people you're right and we talked about this before when we saw each other at an auction and we said look we are two of the four voices of the Sacramento Kings but yet you're right. I don't think a lot of people knew that I did it mm-hmm. because obviously Fred Anderson was the voice. He was. Unfortunately, passed away. Yep. They came to me and I did the 1999 strike shortened season. I did the 2000 season and then they had a tryout. And so right. let's talk about that because I don't know if a lot of people know about the history of what happened right in that rain until you took that job. In between that, it was a little it was. And you, I mean, I was a season ticket holder those years that you were doing it. I was because I had, I had graduated college uh, and and or was just graduating. I had a little bit of money, you know, where I could buy a really bad seat, season ticket seat. We split it up a bunch of ways. I remember you rocking the headband, Pollard, a oh, bunch yeah. of guys <laughs> were wearing headbands. You like joined in down there at that seat. And dude, you're 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 awesome. Like you were 
you were an incredible, like I aspired to, because I was announcing other sports at the time. I was doing Sac State. I was doing some American River College stuff. I obviously announced them for my dad at Kennedy. So listening to you do that, I'm like, this guy is on it. Like Buzz is it. And, you know, we had known each other a little bit from, from Davis, like where we walked over a little bit, each other cross paths. So yes, I mean the fact that we are among the names listed in the the guys who have ever shouted uh, into a microphone at either Arco, Ar- you know Arco One, Arco Two, or uh, or well, and Sleep Train, whatever the names were, and whatever now, you want to call it, <laughs> what, exactly. And now Golden One Center, like it's pretty cool to be part of that history. But the tryout was insane. I I uh, you know there was 160 some odd people that tried out. It was at a sports bar that doesn't even exist anymore. It's across from Cal Expo. I think it was like well. Carlos oh, yeah. Murphy's or some yeah. kind of weird yep. place. Yep. And, you know, we yelled, we watched video, we yelled, you know, as if we were announcing the game, they made a cut, made another cut. I got called back each of those times, had the opportunity to announce a, a half of a preseason game. Um, but then they, so then I, I finished that. They call back. I thought I did fine and all, all was well. And they told me I didn't get it. And I was that was and that was in 2000, right after that season you're talking about. Right. Yep. And uh, I was devastated. You know, I was really bummed. I thought I did a good job. I thought I knew I had been doing a lot of work before that, obviously, like like you were. And uh, yeah, I was I was pretty bummed, but I didn't I didn't you know burn any bridges. I was really yep. proud because I did not I did not want to be my best self in that moment when I got that phone call. Um, but I did. I I kept it together. I thanked them for the opportunity. I wrote notes to people, various people saying, thank you for giving me the opportunity. Uh, Some cool lessons learned there. Now looking back, you know, like the way I handled that, I think. And, and then, you know, voila, two years later, they, I get a phone call kind of randomly in summer. Hey, we, uh, we might want you to come on back and take another crack at it. I thought I was going to try out again and it didn't really work that way. And got the job and started doing it in 02. So it's been, it's been a freaking blast ever since. Okay. So here's the big, we need this answer. The gentleman who went in between you and I, his name is? Ira Smith. Ira Smith. Ira C. Smith, actually. Ira C. Smith. That's right. Oh my uh, gosh. And dude, one of the, like not, because I clearly don't have, you have a way better, like that, that's nice, good that good yummy voice deeper voice like i don't have that i'm that's not my gig i yell like i yell i go crazy i say funny what i say names in a funny way and carry things out ira dude that guy he was like james earl jones Mm -hmm. he had that like deep deep voice but he had a hard time as you know it's it's not so much about the sound of your voice clearly it helps but the game is fast, very fast. You you can't script much of anything. You know that as good as anyone. Yep. And so you're having to work off the fly. And if you're not comfortable with the game, with the players, with kind of going off the cuff, then you're in trouble. You're gonna it's it's gonna be a tough a tough gig for you. And I would say that about anything. It's it's truly why. I am thankful without even knowing it that I was doing all those high school games, girls, high school tournaments, you know, JC tournaments and JC college uh, basketball, doing all the stuff with for my dad at Kennedy High School. Like all of that, I didn't realize it, but all that was just getting me more and more and more comfortable on a microphone. And then by the time the Kings roll around, I'm like, hey, I I was nervous. Don't get me wrong. But I was like, 
I've done this before. I don't need a script. I can kind of run around and say what I want. And um, so, yeah, that was preparing me that whole time. And I, I just never really realized it. All right. And so help me on this one, because this is where I was like, my memory is like, oh, what did I actually do? Because I know 1999 happened. Was the tryout and IRC Smith, <laughs> as I will now refer to him, was he yes. uh, the announcer in both 2000 and 2001? Correct. So 2000, okay, 2000, because, you know, the NBA seasons are 2000, right. 2001 and 2001, yeah. 2002. His Perfect. last season, I guess, was the Ori shot. So that was yes. right. So Ori happened to which is crazy that that's like the frame of reference i we use for king seasons but that was that that was the off season or the the playoff season that ori made the shot and then they had the then 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 i came back after that yep so So let's piece it together because what happened was when fred anderson passed away they had approached me and i like you was the same thing i had done pa work uh, in high school not so much in college because it was more radio But um, I was like, yeah, sure. And I mean, it was exciting. Like we admit we've got the best seat in the house and that's kind of the tagline they would use. But what people didn't realize, and this was my biggest thing, is at the time, you got to remember, it's 41 games. It's not 82. It's half the season. And I'm just going to tell you what I made. $50 a game. I made $50 a game. Now, listen, I had a family. That wasn't going to cut it. Plus, this was not my first love. My first love was doing radio, eventually yeah. wanting to do play-by-play. But I was more than happy to step in. My moment was definitely, and unfortunately, it wasn't a King's moment. It was when John Stockton stuck that jumper and the arena went silent. Nice. And I just remember just saying it real soft and subtle and just left it at that. But that was kind of a, just a cool moment Absolutely. to be a part of. Yep. So the off-season takes place. And I would have people say, Steve, why? I mean, that's, you got the greatest job in the world. I'm like, yeah, but it doesn't pay the bills. So I decided to go back to radio in which they put me in charge of the post game show. They had invited me to be a part of this. And I said, well, wait, that's, that's a no win situation right Right. there for me. Because if I get it, then I was supposed to get it because I was already the public address announcer. But if I don't get it, oh, that's not going to look so good. Not that that was something I was going after, but I'm like, this makes no sense. So I'm kind of glad. In fact, I'm very glad the way it worked out and then eventually got to you. Because I remember when you got the job, I was elated. You were. Like you said, I I was elated. I'm like, there's nobody better. I don't know if you remember that, but you reached out to me and you congratulated me. You know, I didn't know exactly kind of what, where your mindset was. I knew you were obviously we're headed on a path and see like radio TV. People would ask me all the time. Oh, does this mean like, what do you want to do? You want to be a play by play guy? Do you want to have a radio show? Do you want to be on ESPN? I'm like, no, <laughs> none, none of those things. I actually just like doing this. Like this is yeah. kind of, and it's tough when you kind of hit the pinnacle that back then, you know, cause I was a younger right. dude at the time. And like, you know, this is tw- 20 years ago now. And like, I, I had my dream job. I was sitting, I was doing exactly kind of what I want to do. You were clearly on a path that was like, and you know, and who, who would have thought today with buzzard ball and all the things that you have been able to do over your career. I mean, it's just so crazy to see how these paths are, where they take us. And, and we never know ultimately opportunities. We got to seize them when we get them. That's, you know, obviously I know I've heard you talk about that on, on this, on this show before. And, uh, and, you know, we both did that and look where, you know, look where we are. We're sharing a zoom screen together now. 
This is crazy. Absolutely crazy. Let me do a reset. Scott Moak, the voice of the Sacramento Kings, although he does other things. In fact, I love this. Your tagline on LinkedIn. I've got to share it. Oh. Three part-time jobs is a smart idea, right? <laughs> wow. Yeah, when I, I, yeah, it was a big – it still remains a question. I'm not sure it's a good, good, good idea, but uh, so long as you can, you know – make a living, feed your family, have some yeah. fun, be around for those special moments. That has been one thing I'll say, you know, about the Kings gig. That's the, that's, you know, I've had to miss a couple of little league games from time to time. I've had to miss a concert, uh, you know, a kid, one, you know, my daughter singing or something at school certainly has been, has been tough, but the moments, you know, the special moments and the things that we get to see and be a part of, it's obviously it's, it's been super cool. So within this, I'm going to go ahead and give a shout out to Wendy Frescas because Wendy was amazing. She was the person, what would be her title? Like program director, I guess. Yeah, she, yeah. she was the director director of game entertainment. I think she probably, yeah. it was probably events and game entertainment at the time because she saw oversaw a lot of the work there at the Kings for sure. But I tell you, um, people need to know, and I know we're in our opening segment, but I like getting right to the meat of the matter. Public address announcing is tough. <laughs> it's tough in the sense, like you said, the biggest thing, no doubt about it. Would we agree? Pronunciations. 100%. It's the, it's, 100%. it's everything. It's yeah. 90 some odd percent. It's actually a hundred percent of the job. There's other yeah. things you can do right along the way, but like, that is what we are there. It's the truly the, you have one job, bro. Like that is your job to say the names correctly. And when I don't hear the people say the names the right way buzz it drives me crazy i can't go to these games it's like i go to high school games still to like root on different people and like i go to you know go to other places other games and i hear people mispronounce names and like part of my my skin just falls right off my face that's what happens <laughs> talk about the preparation that goes in um i always enjoyed that and what's great too is not only would you like talk to media relations, but it was fun to be able to actually go up to players. I don't know if you did the same thing, but I would go up to players and say, listen, how do you say your name? And I'm right. going to say it just like that because you're talking about accents, everything, and you want to get it right. 100%. Absolutely. I use the, you know, the media relations guys for other teams, you know, whoever it is that, that is representing that team. I'll ask them. Some teams are get get really sophisticated. They'll have a a separate pronunciation guide. Uh, you know, there's because th that's the thing. Like you could watch Sports Center all the time and say that that's kind of the that that you're doing a little bit of research there. But they're not always saying the names right too. Right. We know the different different anchors. You know, they'll twist it up a little bit. So relying on the media relations people, some of the training staff. Sometimes I'd go up and say, Hey, I just want to check myself on this one, but. Bingo, you are 100% right. If I am truly not not feeling secure that I've got it, I will absolutely go ask a, a, a player their name. Doesn't matter. Anytime. I will not. If Giannis is there and I feel like I need to go up on the court, grab the ball from him and say, excuse me, Greek freak, I need you to say your last name. For, I will do it. I'm not, I'm not below it. Not above it. I'll do it. Giannis's last name. Please say it for us. I did a Kumpo. Thank you. See, I, I still, I get hung up on it. And I'm not even in the game. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. That whole Bucks roster actually has some doozies, if I'm not, <laughs> not mistaken. And I'll tell you this, though. You actually had it harder, I will say. That, that span, I mean, and then when I carried on, but the span between kind of the late 90s and early 2000s, 
there were more Eastern European or as many yes. Eastern European players in the league as ever before. So we had all the Skeetishvili's and the Andrew Skavishes and the, like all of those names are, uh, there were multiple of them every on every team. And you have to know them all. You're going to, because right. even if they're not in the game, that's one thing people think, Oh, those guys don't play. They never get in the game. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But they're on the injury report. You still have to say their names at some point. So like, yep. you better get it right, bro. And all the filler words and everything and just like the flow. That's the thing I did love about it is like it, it was play by play in a different kind of way because it, the sequencing of what you say something and then being consistent. So when you first came in and maybe that first preseason game or even your very first game, what was that like? It's like now here you were, you were the PA voice of the Sacramento Kings. I, I peed myself. I peed myself. <laughs> I, I might have. I, I'm not saying I didn't, except I probably did, except I don't know if I did. But, but it didn't I was, matter. I, I was super because, you know, then you get into all the fanfare and the ballyhoo lights and all the and people screaming and you can't hear yourself really well. and The echo in the arena, like it's all the different things you're dealing with. But, you know, I, I did. I always harken back to like, look, I know this game. I've been whether it was a the high school girls invitational tournament that I was announcing, you know, 13 games, high school girls games on a Saturday at American River College with no air conditioning inside the gym or Kings versus Toronto in 2002. Like it's still the same game. I knew I knew how to do it. Uh, just had to kind of gather, gather myself. And, and then, it, you know, like you said, you use the word consistency, which is a cool way to think about it. That is, I mean, establishing a level of consistency, both for yourself, for kind of everybody to kind of know what's coming when, um, you know, people have had, that's where I get a lot of comments on my, you know, and now the way I kind of start each game, um, you know, that was kind of done by accident. A lot of what, a lot of what I do probably started by accident, but then I just carry it forward and, and, you know, just try to be a fun kind of side piece to the game that I, I kind of do it as if I were a fan still sitting in section 213 row E listening to you, you know, I kind of do it the same, the same way, just kind of cheerlead. Yeah, your style. And that's the thing is like, if you can elaborate on that of, you know, when we think of PA announcers, uh, I kind of liken it to auctioneers. Like when I got into auctioneering, I thought there was just one certain way. And it's the one that comes to your mind right away. I'm like, that, I can't do that. Sure. And what I realized is that there's actually different paces. And ultimately, ultimately, you have to be yourself. You have to be yourself. And so the same thing goes with public address announcing because what I think you have done, in fact, I know you've done, you have created your own niche. And yeah. it's a good one. It's a good one. It's more, like you said, fandom and yelling and, you, and yeah. you're and you excited. And it's like people feed off that energy. Yeah, that's 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 right. That's what I knew that was, that was going to be the thing that did it. It was the thing that kind of led me. It was the style I had without even knowing it was a style leading into the day of my day's with the Kings. And, and yes, I mean, it's, it, it is, it's not the traditional, if we go to Los Angeles and hear, you know, Lawrence Tanter do, do the games for the Lakers or go across the country and you hear some of these other announcers, like it's, it's just, it's not very traditional, but it works. And it's, it is me. I mean, how I do that is how I also talk and how I do the, my TV show and how I, you know, it's, it's probably, not how I should be acting in meetings now that I think about it. But other than that, like, it's, you know, uh, yelling at people in, in Republic meetings probably is the best idea. But 
Uh, but yes, totally me. And it's been a blast. Did you get to meet Lawrence at all? Because to me, see, I went to USC, so I had an internship with the Lakers. So I was well aware that voice is a great voice, but I never got to meet him. Therefore, you always wonder what they're like with yeah. that kind of that yeah. big, bo- boisterous voice. And did you ever uh, get a chance to meet him? I did. I got uh, it was a long time ago. Now we were down there for a game. I got to uh, I traveled not with the team, but with the group that went down and watched a preseason game. Um, and got to got to meet him. I was really new, so it was probably in the mid mid two thousands. I would bet maybe two thousand six, five, six. Um, but yeah, I mean, just someone that you've you heard so for so long in your in your ear, you know, or on the TV, you know, just kind of in the as the background noise that you know I've I've obviously I I'm super just amazed at what he's been able to do, and for as long as he's been able to do it, that that is the cool thing about being a PA guy. You can kind of and kind of sit there for a long time if you mm-hmm. especially if you don't make too much noise you're you're probably good <laughs> for a while yeah right exactly all right well segment one there it is what a great way to start off this conversation but i knew that was going to be the case with our guest he is scott moke the voice of the sacramento kings yes the one you hear inside of golden one center we're going to take a break and when we come back more with this guy and i invite you to stick around uh, we got a lot to talk about want to remind you that this podcast is brought to you by house real estate big thank you to tim column and his group you can find out more they are the number one real estate company right here in northern california house real estate Com. Also want to thank R5 Stitch and Print. Uh, they've got all of your needs, screen printing, embroidery, banners, and patches. I'm actually wearing one of the hats made by Troy Rousey. The only problem is this is audio only. So you're just going to have to trust me on it. Give them a call. You can reach them on Facebook. Uh, they also can be reached by email at r5printsacramento at gmail.com. And finally, our official uh, beef jerky, pit boss jerky. That's right, Scott. We got an official beef jerky, 11 different flavors. And Joe Green is the pit boss. And uh, we are so happy to have them on board as sponsors. All right, we'll take a break and come back with more right here on Experience the Buzz. Hey, everyone. Hope you're enjoying today's podcast, Experience the Buzz. Want to give a salute to our title sponsor, House Real Estate, led by none other than Tim Collum. That's right. He was our first guest here on Experience the Buzz, and he, too, is also a title sponsor. HouseRealEstate.com. That's where I want you to go. If you're looking at buying or selling a home, look no further. This website will direct you exactly where you need to go. Tim Collum has a great team. Let me throw some names at you. Kim Squalia, Tina Suter, Kendra Nauer, and now Katie Simpson and Greg Berg. If you're selling, see what your house is worth. If you're buying, well, guess what? The team is ready to help you. The website, again, is on point with photos that pop, easy to navigate, and you'll look no further. Again, House Real Estate, title sponsor of Experience the Buzz. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss an episode of Experience the Buzz by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. It means everything. Now, back to the show. Here we go with segment number two. You got two of the PA announcers of the Sacramento Kings, Scott Moak. Would this be the 19th year? Uh, 18th this, year. This is my 19th year. Yeah. 19 19th. years. I know. I mean, that is amazing, my friend. And you hold the top spot. Fred Anderson would be number two. Um, our good guy, his name again is Ira, Ira C. Smith. 
Iris C. Smith, two years, and then I'm at the bottom of the rung one year during the 1999 season. Yeah, but if but there's again, anyone you want holding that, being that good base of the ladder, <laughs> it's, it's me. Steve Buzzard. <laughs> so PA has been your thing. You said it started with a teacher from uh, a school that you went to the game and everything, and then you mentioned it kind of launched what you were doing. Your dad was the athletic director at Kennedy High School. Uh, you go on AR Sac State, and that's when we first met. Like you were solid mm-hmm. in the Sac State job, and is that something you still do? Do you still do Sac State? So, ironically, uh, last uh, weekend they, I, they were in a pinch. They needed a uh, announcer for a for Senior Day for volleyball. Okay, and I, and I did it, man. I because wow. you can't forget your roots. That's one thing. Nope. That's you nope. cannot forget where you were, where you came from. You can't forget what you know, who buttered your bread, whatever those sayings are. And yep. so, no, I, I don't do it regularly anymore. Once, once I had the kids, that was where, you know, we talked about some life choices earlier, you know, and having to, to make some decisions sometimes hard. Those, that's what I had to give up. I had to give up. I ultimately did uh sex state football. I continued to do that for a while and mm-hmm. men's hoop, but the other stuff I had to kind of, I had to pass along and kind of whittle it out, whittle, whittle it, out. it out. That's exactly yeah. right. So um, but yet yeah, still connected, obviously, by doing a, a Sac State game just uh, just last weekend. Well, and and let's talk about UC Davis because uh, people need to know this, and I think they do. But there, if there was a Mount Rushmore of radio personalities at KDBS, well, here we go: you, Eric Castletine, Scott Marsh, Jason Ross. Boom! Right. There you go. That's I mean, exactly that's right. that's pretty impressive for the four of you. Uh, to have done what you have done based on where you were at at UC Davis. Tell me about the KDBS days, because that is a short window that I think has been unmatched since then. Yeah, I mean, that that radio, I know we all, I think all four of those guys you just mentioned, me included, we all stay in touch with them. We uh, we help when and where we can. But look, I am, I am a sliver on the totem pole of those three uh, giants for sure. I mean, Jay Ross, obviously, here and Scott here in town, uh, Eric, who obviously was spent a lot of time on Sports 1140, and then you know has been the play-by-play video or play-by-play voice for the Memphis Grizzlies for for so long. He was really the one, Eric, because of he was a fraternity brother of mine. We were we, oh, we pledged I the same fraternity. That. Yeah. Okay. So that's that was how we got connected. This guy, he was Hasseltine was on a path much like what you what I, how I would kind of uh, describe you. He he knew where he was going. He knew what he yeah. wanted to do. It was not PA. It was not small town college radio. I mean, this guy he wanted to be the play by play voice for the Chicago Bears, the Green Bay Packers, or a big time NBA team. Like that's what he wanted to do, and he was so good at it. I mean, he yeah. so he really he had a show once a week on KDBS that I, he would ask me to come and just kind of rap with him, be someone else in the studio to kind of you know, bounce things off of. He he drove the show. I didn't really do a whole lot. I'd take a call once in a while, which re- really was just us telling our friends at the fraternity house to call us to make it seem like there were a lot of callers. <laughs> That's really what that was about. I see how it goes. <laughs> which they did, which we were very thankful. Oh, Mike. Hey, Mike from, from Davis. How are you tonight? And it's like our buddy that we live with. So it's like not even. Uh, but Eric, I mean, Eric did, he was doing, uh, baseball, play-by-play baseball. He was doing basketball and doing football. And it was football that he actually brought me with him as a color commentator. He just wanted a second chair. And so I got to do color for two two full seasons and a little bit of a third 
of uh, of Davis football. We traveled around the country. I went to, I mean, I went to Carson Newman, Tennessee. I don't even Carson know. Carson Newman. I didn't know there was a thing. I remember that trip. That was 1996, I believe. Yes. I swear that I know that. But no, that game it's not. was no, that's so who much you fun. are. You remember things like that. <laughs> My wife would say otherwise, Steve. You forget everything. But yeah, Carson Newman, Tennessee. Yeah, that remember was that? a fun trip. Oh yeah, without look, a doubt. And Eric, Eric was the the story I like to tell about him that I feel like encapsulates how incredible he was. Is you know that with Campus Radio KDBS, it you know it it's not quite you know tinfoil and rabbit ears but it's close like you're it's close you're, you're you're doing you you know when you go to break especially that's when that's when you really feel it you don't have contact really with anybody on the other side you don't have like a producer sitting in a station that's counting you in and queuing you in you know this so which maybe to people listening they're like i don't even know what you're talking about right now but like <laughs> when you are coming back from commercial you're being warned basically by someone like, Hey, you have 10 seconds, five, four, and you're on right. That kind of thing. Well, we don't have anyone that we have any communication with back in Davis. So we go to break. It's a massive moment in a playoff game. We were down in Texas. Oh yeah. Um, Texas A&M Kingsville. Kingsville. That's exactly where we are. The Javelinas. The Javelinas. Very nice. We are we are in this booth that's like swaying in the wind, right? Like, and the the hookups are really really shady. And Eric's like, okay, big drive by the Aggies coming up. We're gonna go to break. We'll be back in two minutes, right? So we go to break in two minutes. They press the button and we go. Well, the timeout didn't. They actually the referees. I are remember like, that. No, no timeout. No timeout. Let's play. They're winding the clock, and we're like what like we can't be like hey come back like we're ready we can't right. tell anyone this so eric is like i could see him and his wheels are churning meanwhile i am oh, again wetting myself like i have no <laughs> idea i might as well just take off the headset and walk home from texas at this point like there's no reason for me to even be there so oh, eric man. i can see he's working on what he's going to do ball gets put down we're going to wind the clock meanwhile we have 30 seconds left we're listening to a UC Davis Honda commercial while we're just about ready to play. Mark Greaves, the quarterback at the time, that put the ball down, snaps. He goes back. You know what happens here. I remember. Goes back, pump fakes one way, throws the ball, big catch, runs in, 47-yard touchdown. Davis goes, crowd goes crazy. We take the lead, like amazing moment in this game, and we are still not back from break. Oh, man. So I am like, oh, my gosh, what is – so – we come back from break, hassle time. Don't tell me. Without missing a beat. All right, we're back and we are right in motion. Grebe under center, looks right, motion left. He calls the play exactly the way it happens with the routes, with pressure. Number 97 on the defense, pressuring over. Grebe steps up, pump fakes right, hits it. Dude, he timed the touchdown catch to the moment that we kicked the PAT and the crowd ru- erupted again. So it sounded like there was ambient crowd noise in the background. Oh my gosh. Wow. And to that, I needed to take a moment of silence and just yeah. realize Sign of the I cross. We're good. We're good. Like I'm like, dude, I swear at one point, I think it was on the bus right after I'm like, Eric, you are really good at this job. Like that is an insanely pressure packed moment. And he was like, Whoop, got it. It was incredible. 
And that's what I've noticed about, uh, yeah, the three that you're talking about. Because did, did you do any play-by-play or were you None. just solely second no. chair guy? Okay. I didn't even, I sat in a color guy chair, but I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't know what color commentating was. <laughs> so I'm just like, I'm like, ha like I'm, I'm Ed McMahon, but worse. Like I am not good at anything that I'm doing. I'm I'm oh. saying the same words over and over again. I'm basically pumping up Eric. I'm telling him things that maybe he were, it was harder for him to see while he was looking down. Like I had very very minimal role, which was better that, for everyone. That is absolutely great. I, I tell you, I have so much admiration for yeah Jason Scott, Eric, play by play guys, and just what they've been able to do. And it was so fun because I was young in my career. And had just started with UC Davis football through 1240 KSAC. So, you know, I was trying to be a mentor, but I was only, you know, just a couple years older and stuff. It was just great to watch. And I remember same thing like with you getting the job. I remember when Eric got the job with the Memphis Grizzlies. Now, it was a little strange how he got the job. But I was just so glad that he was in because you could tell that's what he wanted to do. Yeah, he's he's amazing at it. 12 or 13 years now, I think. Oh, man, he's creeping up there. Yeah, that's probably about right. He might be getting close to that. 15-year mark, I think. So, yeah. Crazy. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. So, I want to revert it back to the Sacramento Kings where, um, gosh, so much happened. And, you know, the the one moment that comes to my mind is when we almost lost our team. Hmm. And there was such a big movement. And I honestly have to tell you, I never went downtown. I never did anything like that. But I was kind of on the outside looking in just like, man, what is going to happen here? But you were a big, big part of that. And what was that experience like? Yeah, I mean, look, uh, when it, I know I'm biased because I, as we talked about at the at the top, I I'm from this town. I I have a lot of pride in in this city, and you know, and I want ultimately what's best for it. I that and that doesn't just include sports; that includes everything, art, amenities, right. small business, like safety, all the things, right? So, you know, I I knew that this just like everybody a lot everybody knew that us losing our team was going to take a massive chunk of our identity away it was Absolutely. one of the it was one of the ways that we a place that we rallied uh, it was something we could be prideful together about the kings and and you know it just it taking away that community pride to me was so it was so scary. And, and so, yeah, I got to, there were a couple different ways I got to be involved. I was obviously there, you know, announcing um, while that was all, all happening, but you know, I couldn't be so overtly involved with things. Um, so luckily had a lot of smart friends and people that I knew that I could rally with and do some creative stuff. But ultimately, I mean, what a, what a fairy tale ending ultimately to stay here in Sacramento to, to now have that beautiful, you know, that crown jewel downtown, uh, that we are excited to all get back to, whether it's for a concert or a game or something else. Please, <laughs> uh, I, I'd I'd go right now and watch a knitting competition if I could at an <laughs> arena. Um, just anything where there were more fan, like a few fans. I, I'm I, maybe some popcorn. I I'd go. And so um, so yeah, it was a crazy time and and the ups and downs and you know it was it was a wild wild ride for sure. The Maloof still. You know, that name, when you say it to certain people here in this town, they still, they get a little, they get like a, a little jump. Yeah. Um, but man, oh man, so happy the way it turned out for this city. What was that moment like when the actual word came down that the Kings were going to stay in Sacramento? Yeah, I, that it was, uh, it was hard to express the, at that point, it, it still, to be honest, it felt like, 
um, it wasn't real. I, I you know, there, I, I truly, as much as I know the fight was happening and all these people were, were doing all they could for, for Sacramento. Um, it still felt like it wasn't real. It was truly until, um, we got back. It was that first season back. And, you know, that was probably one of my more emotional moments. I've had a handful of them. That was probably one of the most emotional moments I had, like introducing lineups that game. You know, the adrenaline rush in that moment anyway is wild. Like it plays with your emotions a little bit. But like that night was just that was really unique. And um, I would say probably of all the moments I've had over these 19 years, that was that was the one that was the that was the most special was the night that, you know, the Kings stayed. We're back. We're here for 30 years. We're here forever. Um, and you know, doing that around all the, all the Sacramento faithful, the Kings faithful was just so special. You were there in the early days, you were a season ticket holder, became the public address announcer. We're talking to Scott Moak. Can you tell me the feeling obviously about the old place? We'll just call I'm just going to call it Arco arena. It's been many names. Okay. We're going to call Arco arena. And then you move into golden one center. What are your thoughts there? Like the old and the new. Yeah. You know, I, it, it is a little bit, I, I am, I don't know on the nostalgia scale, kind of where I fall. I think my, you know, I, I, I get nostalgic about certain things, other things. I, I don't have that, that wiring, that building, I will say from a nostalgia perspective, like I, I came to cherish it. I, yep. it was the first place I got season tickets. It was the first you know, the first games I went to kind of on my own, my dad took me to Arco one to many, many games at Arco one and then in Arco two, obviously. But um, but there was a specialness to 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 Arco that, you know, was what I knew was going to be hard to replace the the wood flooring and the sound The you know, it wasn't uh, by accident or the the notion of Arco Thunder that it was because it truly sounded like thunder. Like yes. there was there was. It was deafening, and you know this. You were, I mean, you had some of those moments too. Those 2002, three, four oh. years where Kings had the best record in the NBA and the place was just electric. I mean, some of those playoff games, it's really why I'm so excited eventually to get back to the playoffs because, I mean, there's It'll now happen. nearly It'll like happen, Scott. I know there's almost a, can you believe there's almost a generation of like a, at least half a generation of people that have never experienced that? Crazy, and, and it's so special. Like you know, it's su- it was such such a special moment. And in Arco one or in Arco two, um, you know, it was it was so loud and so fun. I mean, deafening. Really, we haven't had that obviously in Golden One. The, I, this is now I equate it to like the new home. You love the home you grew up in. It was so special. Very, you know, you you cling on to parts of it, and parts of the new place are never going to be the same but your new house, the sink works and the roof is good. And, you know, the kitchen has fancy trinkets in it and, you know, it, and, and it can get loud too. That's the beauty is that, yes. you know, the, the design of it was really smart. They put so many people in the lower level. The, what I can remember, one of the things I love talking about when I was there and, and during the construction phase, if you were sitting in the last row of Arco mm-hmm. watching a game, Okay, so section call it 123, sitting in the last, very, very last row, which I think was U or V, right? Somewhere in somewhere in there, right underneath the suites. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Uh Okay, that same equivalent row 
in Golden 1, you would have sometimes up to 14 more rows behind you. Good point. Yep. I mean, it, they just, we packed the b- lower bowl to bring sound closer to obviously the play. And to, so when we're, when we're playoff ready and we get back to that spot, I have no doubt it's going to be loud. It's going to be electric. Um, but there are certainly parts of, of Arco one that I just, you know, I'll, I'll always miss. And I always love. And what we should tell people for people that are not Kings fans, maybe are listening in other parts of the nation or world, uh, Arco one, there was an arena before the actual Arco, the Arco two that Scott is referring right. to. Cause Arco one was how many years, just a couple years. Yeah. Just a couple. It was the transition, just the building yeah. that they got. Well, I 10,000, 11, I mean, it was a right. really, really small building that they, uh, that they, somehow packed fans with you know right when the kings moved and then yes built the real arena after that which arco 2 we call it right good stuff right there so when you think of like uh you know just you're talking about you know that when the kings decided to stay then you had this other thing that went on that you are now a part of so now i'm shifting over to soccer uh sac republic fc which of by the way, you're the vice president, yep. and uh, that's pretty cool. And you've been doing that since 2018. I'm going to be honest, transparency here. Not I've never been to guy. a game. Okay. No, 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 it's not that. I, I love the Sacramento Knights, and we could talk yeah. Sacramento Knights. You were the voice one year. Yes. That was good stuff. That was indoor, but I never got attached to the Republic. But I knew there was such a fever about it. Take me through that. Yeah. Like I, I, you don't even have to help convince me kind of thing, but take me through that because it's been such a wonderful thing for the city. Oh, it's yeah. I mean, it's, you know, having another sport, having baseball, obviously with the river cats is, uh, is incredible for our city, having soccer as a different amenity for, for people. Um, the fanship is also, you know, I liken it very much to those diehard Kings fans. It's a, but soccer is a whole different, I, and I did not, I did. I definitely didn't grow up as a huge soccer fan. I played soccer much like many people did up through youth, kind of the youth levels. But it wasn't you fourteen. You fourteen, then you were done. Once I once I realized that running that that it was a lot of running. Like let's (laughs) let's slow that down real quick. I'm not running like multiple miles, people. Like, okay, hey, I want you to go out and run for 25 minutes. Oh, my goodness. I'm like, run for 25 (laughs) minutes? I don't like doing things that feel good for 25 minutes. Why would I want to run for 25 minutes? So, like – Short-lived career in soccer. No (laughs) no kidding. But I I always had an appreciation for the sport, for athletes. I mean, man, I tell you, I don't know how quick I chugged the Kool-Aid on this Republic deal, but – I cannot get enough soccer now. I watch it really? all the time. I watch it on stations I d- that I don't speak the language of. I cannot wait for our season to get back going. These athletes, when what they do, because what I also am allowed to do, because of I, whatever my job is, which I still I'm not sure I actually know, I get down on the field because I'm so we're so used to having a good seat, right? Like with a, so I have to get down like close and in soccer, you, you could contend that's not the best seat, but man, being close to those guys and the contact that they, that they deal with the control of that ball that they are able to, they are able to put that thing on an absolute rope across. I mean it, and, and how incredible shape, what incredible shape they're in. I just, it's also really fun because, you know, at Republic, we have we have a, a guy from Harvard. We had three from Stanford. We have all the I mean, these guys are just 
it's like soccer's getting in the way of whatever their next career is. They just happen to be like good professional soccer players. Right. And, and so it's just, it's really fun to connect with that, the athletes that way. And yeah, I mean, we've been building something pretty special. We, we hit a nice little, uh, we had some momentum built with the, with the prior group that was there. Uh, ben Gumpert came, he brought a bunch of us over from the Kings really. And uh, with the with the goal of uh, ultimately getting the big time club, the MLS club here, we took a little bit of a hit, obviously, with some news a couple of weeks ago. But we are uh, we are as as excited as ever about what is going to eventually happen here in Sacramento. It's going to take a little bit more of a fight, but we're ready to do it. And ultimately, we're going to, you know, bury some shovels in the ground and build a whole nother stadium. It's crazy to think that I'll be involved with two different stadium builds in, yeah. in our city. But. Um, but yeah, soccer, man, I tell you, you give it a try or two, um, and you will, you will be ready in the cold, in the wind, in the rain, in beautiful summer night in, in August, you're going to want to, you're, you're not going to want to miss a match. I promise you. And for someone that doesn't know Sac Republic, can you kind of tell us, you know, what did happen? Because obviously they were on their way to becoming hopefully an MLS team fell a little short. And then what's, what is that process now? that happens from here. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a tough blow. We definitely, you know, we celebrated in October a couple of years ago of, you know, with our, with the owner, Ron Burkle, uh, taking the majority interest of the team, uh, he and his, his squad. Um, you know, we just hit a, we hit a, a spot. It was probably 10 or 12 months ago where things just were not progressing the way that we on the team side, the city, everybody kind of involved, in with boots on the ground here in Sacramento, we were getting this, like, what's, what's going on? Like, what are we like, let's go. We know, we know our timeline. We've done, many of us have done this before. Like we know what needs to happen on this date for us to kick off on this date. So like, and, and we just, we started to recognize that there was this slowing almost to a crawl, a creep that, Mm. that was just not feeling right. And so we tried to address it the best we could with ownership. We met it head on. Ben was very, very honest and tried to be, you know, he, he did everything he could and more to, to kind of pry it back to, to rolling and, and just couldn't, we couldn't do it. And so we were really in a spot where we wanted just some sheer honesty from ownership around, look, if, if you don't want to do this, if this isn't something that you are ready to do if if covid truly is something that that just undercuts you so badly that you 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 can't or something else tell us no problem we'll figure we sacramento figures things out that's one thing we do how know how to do we will we will figure this out it's not going to be easy but we'll figure it out and finally then after you know more time went by the you know it came out that he was going to pull back and and obviously remove his, uh, remove himself from as an investor and owner of the team. So we went and, you know, immediately into kind of problem solving mo- mo- mode. We, we call, you know, Pulp Fiction, you call the wolf, you know, cause the wolf <laughs> solves, solves problems. We have like 19 wolves working on this thing right now. Um, and we're making great headway. It was certainly a, it was a gut punch for sure. It wasn't something that we didn't see coming. I don't know if the timing, the timing probably got us a little bit, but you've seen that movie. um, He's, he's just not that into you. I think you, have you seen that? You've seen that movie? It's a, it's a great, great flick, 
this was like the sports version of he's just not that into you. Like something was wrong. We were getting like, is it is it me? Is it you? It's not oh, me. It's okay. you. It's I you. know it's, what you're talking is it about me? now. <laughs> so it, it felt a little little bit like that. But luckily, like I said, we have incredible people. Todd Donovan is our uh, new president. He's been the general manager. He's he's taken over as president. He's gonna you know. He played for the LA Galaxy. He's a Hall of Famer. He won five MLS Cups. Wow. He played with Beckham and Landon Donovan. And I mean, he was the main one of the main defenders on that team. And you know, he's playing defense for Sacramento right now. And um, and and he says the story is going to be good on the other end. So we're excited wow. about it. We got a lot to do still, but uh, but it, it's going to work for Sacramento. Okay, that's enough. That 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 tells me right there. I will get out to a soccer match. That's right. It's a match. On me. On me, it right, is. On you, I don't oh, care. Let's go. Absolutely, I got you. Uh, game, game, match, field, pitch. It doesn't matter. Whatever Please, you want to call please. it. Whatever you want to call it. Watch Ted Lasso. <laughs> watch Ted Lasso on whatever that is, Apple TV, and you'll never you you will it will make you want to come out to a game even more. Okay, everybody's been telling me about Ted Lasso, and I don't have Apple TV. I've got to. I I heard it's phenomenal. I mean, we're not supposed to give each other our our credentials, right? Like our login credentials. How about we just? I don't do it on this show on the on the yeah. podcast. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll, Maybe later. I'll just shoot you a text later. <laughs> All right. Segment two in the books. When we come back, the final segment with the voice of the Sacramento Kings, also the vice president of the Sac Republic and something we haven't even talked about, which we will in the final segment. That's right. He's the host of Studio 40 Live. And that is with Gary Gelfand, who is a character in himself, went through an incredible battle. And I want to touch upon that. I want to remind you that this podcast experience buzz brought to you by House Real Estate or Five Stitch and Print, and Pit Boss Jerky. We'll be back right after this. This segment is brought to you by R5 Stitch and Print. Owners Troy and Jamie Rousey live, work, and support local. And when I talked to Troy about being a sponsor, he said, hey, can you do me a favor? Can you make it conversational? So that's what I'm doing. I'm making it conversational right here within a commercial. So I hope that captures what we need to do. Here's what you need to know about R5 Stitch and Print. They specialize in screen printing, embroidery, banners, and patches, amongst other things. State-of-the-art embroidery machines. I can second that because I went out last summer, checked it out. Troy showed it to me. It is top of the line, state-of-the-art. R5 Stitch and Print, they're very simple. Find out the customer needs, and then from there, solve their printing needs. R5 Stitch and Print, a proud sponsor of Experience the Buzz. This segment brought to you by Pit Boss Jerky, a proud sponsor of Experience the Buzz. Big thank you to Joe Green. No, not that Joe Green of the Pittsburgh Steelers. No, I'm talking about the local Pit Boss Joe Green. Pit Boss Jerky is a local jerky company. Now, when you think of beef jerky, sometimes it's a little tough. Maybe not tough enough. You like something right in the middle. Well, guess what? This is it right here. Pit Boss Jerky. And not only that, we're talking not one, not two, not five, not even 10, 11 different flavors, including the newest flavor, Island Teriyaki. I will say that Raspberry Apple Chipotle is my favorite. And then check this out. There's even one that is called the Keto Mix, which is soy free and mixes in three of the Pit Boss Jerky flavors pretty good stuff. The staple is Pit Boss Perfection, and then you have Sweet Summer, Honey Gold, Sweet and Smoky, Little Heat, Big Heat, Herb and Smoke, Pepper Garlic, and there you go. 11 flavors. I think I got them all. Pit Boss Jerky, proud sponsor of Experience the Buzz. 
Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss an episode of Experience the Buzz by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. It means everything. Now, back to the show. He is the public address announcer of the Sacramento Kings. I am talking about Scott Moak, episode number 22. And Scott, uh, I see that on Instagram now you've come up with the idea of recording your intro. How did that come about? Because that was a great idea. Yeah, you know, it's uh, well, it, it was tinkering around a little bit. And I don't think I even for a while knew what Instagram live. What is that what I do? Right. Yeah, Instagram. Live. Yeah. Um, I didn't even know, and I clearly I'm very fluent in it, in it still. Uh, but I just felt like, you know, hey, I'll try this once. I'll let to be honest, like it gave me a way to record it. So like my now 10 year old and seven year old, if they weren't at the game that night, like they always like that part. They don't like yeah. the fireworks as much, but they do like <laughs> the like intro part. So it would give me a way of like recording that that part of the game. So I did it. And then, you know, I was seeing questions and people ask you know, like, Hey, what show or show me this, turn the camera around or what's who's injured tonight or whatever. Like, I was like, Oh, this is kind of funny. That's not what I really expected. And I just kept it on obviously for, for intros and got incredible feedback. Just like, Oh my God, please do that every game. I can't come to every game. I love that part, you know? So like, can you just keep the camera running? So I, I started doing it. I, I probably start religiously last season. I, I did it. I tried to do it most, most games. Um, but then obviously once COVID hit, you know, everything got shut down and now coming back, I mean, no one can be there. So I'm like, what better way to let people maybe have a little taste of intros, even though they have to do it from their couch or, um, you know, from their home uh, than that. So it's, it's awesome. Like, and, and people, obviously the, the comments are super nice and uh, everybody is very thankful and uh, yeah, it's a, it's a blast. And it just, again, one of those happy accidents that, that kind of happens. That's great. It's great when it's an accident and you just kind of make it a main thing. And you mentioned COVID and I do want to go there because I remember specifically, like, wasn't the Kings game the last game that got canceled? Because I remember we were watching on TV and it was like, yeah. It was done. Take me through that night. Yeah, it was our it was a game against the New Orleans Pel- New Orleans Pelicans. It was it was actually our only uh televised yes. ESPN nationally <laughs> televised right. game. So the only <laughs> the only one, yeah, Murphy's Law. We, it's the only one we have for the season. I will say because of that, you know, as you know, you get into a rhythm with either when you were doing the PA before or just in your in any line of work, you get in kind of the same rhythm. You get the, you know, your timing's all on, your everything, you know, you know where you're supposed to be at what time and where you're parking and all the stuff, right? That game, because it's a 7.30 start versus a 7 o'clock start, it already throws kind of you, you're out. You have to recalculate all the things in your mind and making sure that you're in the right place at the right time. And I always have felt that those games, whether they're the early two o'clock games or the six o'clock Sunday or the se- that it actually affects. I, I get a sense that it affects everybody, players, Interesting. Yeah. ushers, ticket mm-hmm. takers, everybody like they're all everybody's off a little bit. When I came in that day, obviously, we had heard what had happened. You know, it was the Utah stuff and then Oklahoma City. And we knew that there was some a groundswell of movement happening around COVID-19 at the time. I, I, with that, 
next to we're off anyway because it's a 730 game. It's a weird start. And there right. was just a strange vibe in the in the place. And I, you know, I can't quite put my finger even to this day on what exactly it was, but man, when when New Orleans never came out, they never even came out to, to do right. shoot arounds. Everybody knew, like, oh gosh, something is happening. And at that point, I just kind of sat back. I, you know, obviously let the powers that be between ESPN and the official, you know, the the head of officials, Maurice Brazelton, who works on game and game ops, our broadcast, like all these different people you know, kind of weighing in, making decisions, King's executives about what was going to happen. And then ultimately the word came down that we were going to postpone the game. Um, and, uh, and they kind of gave me something to, to say, and it was, you know, of course, out of an abundance of caution, we're going to postpone tonight's game. And like, I hadn't, one thing I remember the chorus of booze, it wasn't, I don't feel like I said many things over my 18 years they got that booed that much. <laughs> so it was, it was like a strange, like it was a strange moment, but um, yeah. And who would have thought that the next year was going to be, would be spent the way that we've all spent it. But luckily, you know, it's, we're coming out of it, hoping that fans can you know, maybe hopefully see some of the last games this season and ultimately get back and fill golden one center up next, next season. Once we've gotten past this, but man, what a, what a weird time. What is it like for you now? Because mm-hmm. you're there. It's an empty stadium. You've got players personnel, and that's about it. I mean, we say that the players feed off the energy of the crowd. Well, I think Scott Moat probably feeds <laughs> off the energy of the crowd, you, you think? You know it. I mean, you know there's a part of that. Like, you, you definitely try to get in, like, a little symbiotic relationship with the crowd where you're not doing too much, doing too little. You're kind of matching them, right? That's one of the goals of a PA person. But, um, you know, I... I knew it was going to be weird, you know, announcing to cardboard and to video game sound inside the arena, which they have done. I will say from game one to now, I mean, it is, they have vastly improved it. It, it sounds, it doesn't replicate a crowd. There's just no, it does not do it, but it does add an element of reality to, to some, some moments, some, it doesn't, but but it, it does. And then I, I've just all along felt like, look, it's not the player's fault that that any that the fans can't come. And right. they're used to hearing things the way that they've always heard it since they've been playing probably AAU or playing buzzard ball championships. Right. So, <laughs> you know, the, you, it's it's what they're used to hearing. So I just kind of felt like. Let's let's do it. I might as well do it. Like do it right, you know. If you, I I tweeted this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, uh, it was a player that mentioned it when I came out yelling. It was like, uh, I mean, if you're gonna do it, you might as well, if you're gonna do the thing, you might as well do the thing. So right. Uh, so I, you know, I've tried to, I, I I pull off the gas a little bit from time to time, but um, but still try to give you know as much of a game feel as I can to to the players because they're you know they're still going at it. They are. They are working. They are working their tails off just like normal. So I feel like I might as well too. Well, and I've been impressed by the NBA visually what they've done with just having that lower bowl. Like you know, you see the screens and everything, and what they've done with logos. I think the Warriors have like their banners hung up and everything. So it's like it's been pretty impressive. I like how the NBA has morphed. One thing that I I told myself I've got to ask Scott about this is what I have enjoyed is that interaction that you now have with officials. Because now when they do reviews, 
they actually either announce or tell you. I think it started out, they tell you you'd have to repeat, but now it's them telling. That's got to be pretty cool because that never happened when I was doing it in 1999. Yeah, the well, the 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 replay, the whole the whole the whole introduction of replay has just created a uh, you know an incredibly different amount of kind of what we're doing specifically with the with the officials. We are uh, as a PA person, you are their mouthpiece. You are telling right. the crowd what we need to hear. Not you know fouls, clear points, and fouls clearly you know. Uh, foul, you know, fouls on number 22, Rashawn Holmes, his third team's fourth, right? We're doing that over and over. That's a extension of what the official is basically telling us to, to do. But, but yes, when they get into those replay scenarios, we had been historically the one that, you know, after further review, this is what happened. This is the call. That's nerve wracking. Much- I'm sorry. That's <laughs> nerve wracking to have to repeat what it is they're going to say, because that's when you're going to make a mistake, I think. I know. Yeah, I just try to slow it all down a little bit, try Ooh. to make sure I, I make sense of it. But you're right. It is a, it is kind of the going back to early on when we were talking about scripting. There is zero script for that. Ew. Like you are you are just trying to, you know, just put back out to everybody in a way that they can they can grasp because, you know, you have right. to do it kind of tight. But now, you know, they've instituted this camera with a microphone. And what's so they're it's moving much more like at least it seems like to kind of what football does, right? Football right. holding number 90, 93 defense, you know, 10 yard penalty from the spot of the foul, first down. And what we do know is all of those officials that we have now watched in the NFL for years and years and years, they are extremely fluent and, and sophisticated when yes. it comes to articulating. You know, you spent so much time listening to football offici- officials call them. Mm-hmm. These, these NBA officials, my brother, not so good yet. They have, they, <laughs> you could tell it's not their jam. A lot of them, that not everybody is Zach Zarba. Not everybody, you know, there's a handful of them that definitely get it. They know how to do it. They know how to project. They know how to say it succinctly. They get all the information out that's needed. There's other guys that, I mean, they look at that microphone, they run a run. They don't want, they don't want any part of it. So it'll be interesting to see what the NBA does when we get back. I, I do, I do, I am curious how that's going to work in a loud, angry environment. Right. Um, I just don't know. I, you know, NFL has done it. They, we hear the official all the time, so it can be done. But I don't know. It just feels a little off in basketball for me. As we close the book on the Sacramento Kings, and then I want to touch on Studio 40 Live, uh, where you are host, some of your special moments. You named one, obviously, when Sacramento decided, you know, hey, we're going to be able to stay here, that game in particular. The great thing is, is when you came in, that was still a playoff team. They were a playoff team, I believe, for two or three years in your first two or three years. Yeah, until those years. Started to take a dip after that. But special moments that come to your mind. I've seen some in written form that you've mentioned, but I'd love to hear from you what those are. Oh, man. I mean, I will say, I mean, those those early days, you're right. Like the the those playoff moments um, were super incredible. I mean, you know that that's just a different level of intensity that, you know, I'm so excited for us as a city <clears throat> to get back to and bring people back to. Um, I'll say like the, like just uh, without thinking about a whole lot, the Tyreek 25 and five year, um, his rookie of the year, that was a really special run. We didn't, the Kings didn't have a whole lot to, to play for really. I mean, there just wasn't, 
you know, I mean, th- th- we weren't very good, but like we had Tyreek who was playing out of his head. So like that was a that was a really fun, fun year for sure. Moving into Golden One Center was obviously closing down um, Arco and moving into Golden One Center. So the book ends there. The very, very special moments for sure. Um, you know, and I guess just to be sappy, like now that my kids are old enough, you know, I have a 10 and a seven year old. They get to go to the games with my parents and, you know, it's they want to talk about it after they love hearing and seeing daddy do that stuff. They think I'm a nutball, but like, you know, it's <laughs> that for sure is that's probably some of the coolest, coolest. Those are the coolest moments that have happened for sure over the last handful of years. And I'm ready to get I'm ready to add to that list of another playoff. <laughs> uh, it's going to happen. I keep it's, saying it. It's going to happen. happen. It's weird with sports because uh, being an A's fan, like I have this conversation with my boys, we're avid A's fans, yet they have not seen a World Series. And so I always tell people, listen, if your team wins a championship, you better cherish it and don't take it for granted because there are a lot of us out here where we have never seen that. And so like I keep telling my boys, it's going to be the greatest moment ever. And that's how I feel about the Kings. I hope they win an NBA title. But right now I'll just take that slice of the cake, which is put us back in the playoffs because you're right. I think it will absolutely return immediately, immediately. to the old days when 100%. it was like an all day affair uh, for a Sacramento Kings playoff game. All right. Well, the final thing I wanted to touch on was uh, the fact that, listen, you do TV as well. You've been a host on studio 40 live, which is a show that's showed at noon on channel 40 during the week. You're with Gary Gelfand. How did that come all about? I know, right? It was crazy. Just in in the accident. Trans- <laughs> yeah, happy another happy accident. Uh, yeah, it, it really kind of ended that. It, that's how it started. I, I got asked to fill in. I was kind of in that gap from Kings to Republic. Um, there was the show. The show had that Gary really started a few years ago. <clears throat> he obviously he had um, some time. He got uh, he got sick and battled. Had to battle a couple different times. Has battled his way back. He's back on the show, but. Yeah, it happened where I just started filling in a little bit. And then one thing led, you know, it was like, hey, can you come next week? How about you stay for a month? How about you just stay until we tell you not to come anymore? It's super <laughs> fun. It's a half hour. It went to an hour for a little while. And then with COVID, we cut it back to a half hour right around that lunchtime. Many people are working, so they haven't seen it. And that's probably better for them. Uh, but, you know, it's a it's I think it's classified a lifestyle lifestyle and entertainment show. Yeah. It, we get to talk about all cool things, Sacramento, cool things in the news, bands and restaurants and nonprofit events. And, you know, today we we had a landscape architect on. We had uh, someone from a nonprofit who helps kids eat, eat healthy. And we talked about American Diabetes Association Week. So, like, Gotta we're all it. over the map. Gary has, you know. You think my energy level is at a 10 most days. He's at like a 46. Um, and, you know, and he's super well-respected. He's very good on television. I had no idea. I still don't know what I'm doing. I just kind of try to follow along and not, you know, derail the train too badly. But um, it's super fun. It's a, It's been a fun job. The people that work there are phenomenal, like so talented, creative. You know, it, it is live entertainment. So that we're used to. That is, mm-hmm. you know, from your days in the seat, you know that whatever's happening at a Kings game, it's real time. There's no like yep. cut. Let's do that over. <laughs> like, sorry, that doesn't happen here. So, you know, live entertainment is it's it's something I've got to know. And so I feel comfortable doing that. I feel comfortable ad libbing and 
but mostly just you know showcasing the, all the things I love about Sacramento. It's it's a it's a place and a, a channel to do that. So thanks for mentioning it. Yes, Fox Forty uh, at noon. Uh, eat your lunch. Eat your tuna sandwich while while watching two guys act like idiots. And we'll make sure to put that in the show notes if you guys want to check that out. In fact, we invite you to do so. So as we close out what has been an amazing conversation, I I really have looked forward to this. I was glad when you had agreed to it. Um, We do a thing called rapid fire, just fun questions. Uh, So the first question would be, what was your very first job, your very first paying job maybe as a teenager? Uh, I had a paper route. I had a a paper route. Sacramento B? Sacramento B, you bet. That's right. So I did too. And guess what? I got beat up on my paper route. Like yeah. like by a homeowner? Mm-hmm. Not by a homeowner. No, it was uh, a straggler. I, I still have PTSD. Whoa. So you know, how many how many papers did you have on your route? I had, I, I only had like six, almost 70. Not a lot. Okay. I was, I was about 125. Yeah. I was, it was big. Okay. Yeah, that's big. But so what I would do, and you remember the double, did you have the double... Back, I had yep. to, I, well, and I was such a, a wimp. Like I, I had to double the thing on my front and then on the bike also had to like, you know, had to, I was a mess. I was, a, I was a mess. There are people out there that right now are going, what the They don't even know what this is. We could, be having, know what we could be having a conversation about a payphone, and people are like, what, wait, what? There's phones in public. What are you talking about? Paper route. All right. So here's the funny thing with the paper route. Obviously, you get your papers. You get up very early, four or five o'clock in the morning. Okay. You can't waste any time. You rubber band the papers, you put them in your bag, and you go. Okay. So I'm on my mongoose. Okay. I'm doing my thing. And I see this dark figure. I'm like, okay, this is not probably not great at this time in the morning, but thought nothing of it. Then I started to think something of it as he approached me. Yes, came across the street. And he just did one of those bully things and he like, like shoved me and stuff. Oh, and then he punched me no. and stuff. And I'm sitting there laying with all these, all these newspapers. I, I whimpered a little bit because, you know, this is not supposed to happen. No. I did finish the route and we ended up finding the guy like a couple of weeks later. And my dad wanted to do some harm to him, but uh, we, we decided not to, we just kind of let it go, but it was a horrible experience. Anyways. I thought you were going to finish with, and his name is Carmichael Dave. That's what I thought you were going <laughs> to. That would have been a good tagline right there. That's terrible. The I'm sorry. I, I got chased by a dog once, but I, I oh, outmaneuvered man. that thing and it left me alone. I can't even, I would have, I would have been scarred. I would be scarred for life. I still am. Oh, oh boy. Sorry. Okay. It's okay. It's okay. First, and best concert. Your first concert was? First concert was Prince uh, at Arco. Nice. Uh, and best concert. Oh, my. That's tough because I got to go to some of those good ones as Golden One Center was opening. Okay. You know, the I'm Paul actually going to. What's that? The Paul McCartney's and those first couple. I, yeah. But I'm going to say, I'm going to go a little against the grain because it just, I don't know. I don't, maybe I was just in the right state of mind. Lady Gaga at Golden One Center when she came through. Dude, okay. That woman is so good. And like message wise, like she just had the right things to say at the right time yeah. with what was going on in our world. And just, I mean, so she had me. She, I was, I was you all about yeah, <laughs> you were all no offense. Out. No offense to the Beatle. No offense to Maroon Five and Bruno Mars. Those are great, but like Gaga did it. 
That's cool. That's that's what music's about. It's about that experience. Yeah. And then lastly, uh, your either last or favorite binge. Like show. Yeah, show. Sorry, show. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I was hoping you were going to say candy, and I could probably tell you. That, that, uh, <laughs> oh, give me that too. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, you know, I, the lasso. I want to, I want, I need to give, I need to bring as many people into the world of Ted Lasso as possible. Okay. So I'm going to say that there's been a couple since, but the best by far of COVID is Ted Lasso. Okay, Ted Lasso. I've, I've got to make this happen. I will make, and what is your favorite candy? Go ahead. Uh, Swedish fish. Oh, Swedish fish. Yeah. I'm a hot tamales guy. Okay. I, I can yep. appreciate that. I always tell people, they don't know this, but this is hot tamales logo <gasps> or the font. Font. Don't tell yeah, them. It's the font. They're yeah. going to come after you. Hot tamales. You're going to get a cease and desist from Mr. Tamale tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, Scott, as we leave here, I want to give you the final word. Like, uh, I don't know, telling someone maybe out there that's aspiring, maybe not just being a PA announcer, but you represent for me someone that got to live their childhood dream. And obviously you're doing other things, but it's like, it's weird. I know we're, we're only separated by four years, but I almost feel like a proud father, or maybe hey. it's better to say proud yes. big brother, yes. you know, of what you've been able to do and the energy that you bring and what you actually have meant to this city. And you do mean a lot to the city. I don't know how many people tell you that, uh, but I want to just tell you professional to professional, man to man, um, you, you are special to Sacramento. Well, I mean, I can't think of a better, um, you know, a, a better way to be thought of than that. And, and, you know, I think the world of you too, I know you are a insanely talented human. You are like the Swiss army knife of Swiss army knives. Like they're, you're like the guy that doesn't like, no matter, you know, that you went to school with that kid that like every single sport, no matter what, like he could do. Like you're like really, bro. Like you, like he could shoot the basketball. He was good on, and then you like play softball, and he could hit the ball a mile. And then it's like, oh, we're gonna do discus this week, and I'm like, oh, great. There's no way this dude is gonna be good at discus. <laughs> sure enough, fires that thing, makes it look like a new UFO. Like that's buzz. That is, that is absolutely the essence of buzz. So so um, I appreciate you for saying that. Um, you know, it, it's been it's been a crazy crazy ride here from my King's days all the way through where we are today. Um, I'm honored to, to do, to contribute my part. I would say I've been, I've been really uh, digging your, I love your, your set there behind you. I can't help but to see grind success. That's kind of where I can see in that tile tile. You know, that was one thing that I'll say, you know, I, I didn't, I was, I was born of privilege with this uh, hot topic these days. I'm not naive to think that I was given privileges and had privileges just by who I was and the color of my skin and where I grew up that other people didn't. I always knew, though, that I wanted to and had a responsibility. And my dad put this sum on me as a teacher that it's your responsibility to help everybody else. Like you can't like you. That is our role. And so being able to do that in the different places I've been and work with people for as long as I have, like that's been truly the best, best part. And so long as my kids can can see some of that and hopefully take some of that and Sacramento's a little bit better off, um, then I'm a, I'm a happy guy. Well, Scott, congratulations to you. And I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being a part of today's podcast. Thanks. I love the experience. Love the buzz. There we go. There it is. <laughs> and guess what, folks? That's all I got for now. Talk to you next time. Goodbye. 
Thank you for joining Steve this week on Experience the Buzz. Steve would love to hear from you. Leave a review or contact Steve directly with any questions at scbuzzard at gmail.com. To see the other adventures of Steve Buzzard, be sure to visit buzzardball.com.